Catalyst, a person or thing that precipitates an event and triggers a vast increase in the rate of progress. Over the last 10 years, Spokane, Washington and the Inland Empire have experienced a rate of growth that has never occurred in the past. As a native growing up in a family of developers, I have always been intrigued by our city and the people who are responsible for our growth. Up until now, there has never been a voice of progress in development. Catalyst. This is the place where you will meet all the players responsible for the growth and development of our beautiful cities and this region. This is not just another local podcast. This is The Catalyst. And I'm your host, Bruce Van Cott. Hey, Spokane. This is Bruce Van Cott with the Catalyst Podcast. This is episode four, and we have Josh Hassong and Matea Ped with uh, HGD. That's uh, uh, HDG. HDG. I always think design at the end. He's been drinking. No. <laughs> Thanks to our lovely sponsor, uh, Brick West. I, I had to push that in there, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what? Thanks what for having does, us, by the way. Of course. We're excited. What? What does it stand for? HDG, because uh, I clearly had it screwed up. Um, the legal LLC is Hisong Design Group. Okay. And then I partnered with Armando Hurtado within, you know, a few months of starting the company. And so his last name starts with an H, so we just kept HDG. Perfect. Um, so really, we're just uh, a design architecture firm. Okay. But you're not just the design architecture. You're kind of the design architectural firm, at least here in town and, uh, you know, regionally and, you yeah, know, we're, all, we're over the, all over the nation. We're with a lot right? of really cool companies locally. There's a lot of great people doing um, really good work in Spokane. Uptick and uh, NAC, Integris. Um, there's, there's a whole bunch. Um, we are lucky enough to, to be recognized locally and, um, and it's, it's, been a good growth spurt for us awesome awesome yeah. and so matea you're the the head of marketing yeah i'm their director of marketing director of and marketing. client relations nice and how long have you been with hdg <laughs> yes uh, i've been with them for three months now three months yeah that's awesome yeah. how are you liking it so far i love it it's awesome cool. it's great to work there cool yeah. So let's let's jump into the story a little bit because um, you know we've got a lot of followers that are watching this podcast and we really you know kind of uh, focus on the real estate market and I mean you've had a lot your hands in a ton of the different uh, aspects of design here in Spokane a lot of the, you know my favorite stuff so let's just talk about uh, your background a little bit how you got into uh, architectural design and uh, how how the company started. Um, so the company was founded in 2010 and, and I actually got into design because in 2006 or 2007, um, I was buying a loft in the Morgan building from Ron Wells and his group. And Ron Wells. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. He's done a ton for Spokane. Um, any rate, they showed me kind of the the storyboard of what they had planned for each unit, and um, I had no idea he was an architect. I didn't know they had designed them, um, and I just I kind of mentioned that I didn't like the way they were designed, and and um, he said, "Well, then you need to go hire an architect." And so I was like, "All right." So I called around and and started asking prices. And about the third person that told me how much it was going to cost, I followed up with how much is the software that you use? And 
you know, so they gave me a list of some softwares. And so I went and bought the software. And rather than spend the like $25,000 on someone else, I learned how to use the software. What's a software like that cost? Um, so the stuff that I used was actually called Chief Architect. And it's a company out of Hayden Lake, kind of a mid-sized software company that develops really simple um, user-friendly software. And I think Better Homes and Gardens had picked up this company as uh, an offering in their magazine, like, you know, buy the June issue and get a free DVD download of their software. So that one, I think if you purchase it, I, I couldn't even tell you. This, I know we spend like 75000 a year on software in our office. So you've graduated then. Yeah. Just a little but bit. But the stuff that I was using... Um, was really intuitive, simple, um, and I learned to use it really quick. Um, and so I brought my plans back to Ron and his wife, and he was like, hey, who did you end up hiring? And I was like, eh, nobody. I downloaded this free software and and did it myself. And so he hired me to do a couple projects, um, one of which was a restaurant design on the main floor of the Morgan building to try and attract uh, a tenant for him. And it just kind of spiraled from there. I realized how quickly you could turn around these drawings. And, um, and I had always been interested in design, um, you know, for years. Um, but I subsequently took a job for SRE and I designed for four and a half, five years, just sat and designed restaurant layouts and kitchen layouts for big restaurants and, and commercial kitchens, um, which is where I had met Armando. We worked on a couple projects together um, over the years. And then in 2009-ish, he was laid off and um, during the recession. Yeah. And started his own thing. I started my thing and uh, we just decided to to join forces. So. So it came together in 2009. Yeah. 2009 is when he left. I started it in like November of 2010. And so he had emailed me and just said, hey, if you if you know of anything, I've gone out on my own. And and so I just kept calling him going, hey, I've got another project. I've got another project. Um, and we just started working on them all together and it made sense to be partners. Well, that's so. awesome. So, and you're not actually an architect by no. trade then. No. So self-taught, it's self-taught hundred yeah. percent. And you do all uh, you, I mean, at least starting off now, you've got a whole firm behind you. Yeah. You did all the design stuff and yeah, Armando, Armando did most of the architectural and, work or. Yeah. Well, we, we both pretty much did everything in the beginning. Okay. Um, Collaboration. And, yeah. And we had, um, uh, Kena Watkins and Kendra Kubler and like three or four Aaron Haskell, different people that came in and did interior design. And, um, you know, we were the two of us and then very, very underpaid interns um, in the beginning. Um, and, and that was it. But there was really no work. So we were, you know, we were giving away our services essentially just to get projects that we could put on our website. Okay. Because you don't use work that you had done. I didn't list or or photograph any of the projects that I worked on at SRE and and put them on our site. And Armando, you know, obviously uh, didn't take any of the work that he had done at Nystrom Olson um, or at that time Nystrom Olson Collins. Um, so we had to build a body of work, and that meant 
you know, the Dave Blacks and the other people that would reach out and say, hey, I've got, you know, way less than you should get paid to do this. Will you do it? And we're like, yeah, absolutely. So, and Dave was kind enough to, at first, just give us a room about half the size of this room for free. Really? To, yeah, to work out of his, um, the NAI Black building um, that he's, I think he's now the ja- the old James S. Black yeah, building. Yeah, the James yeah. S. Black building. Yeah. So we were the storage closet of a conference room. No way. Yeah, it was awesome. One desk, two chairs. Um, I think that was probably about six months. Okay. And then they had the old Bernardo Wills space opened up on the fourth floor, and so uh, we signed a lease for for that space, and, um, and that's kind of when we when we took off started getting busy and getting larger projects and um yeah so there's a lot of hustle there i mean going from being in a closet just sitting there working for dave black on you know quarter of the price you can well and god love him at least he gave us some work absolutely well he's a great Um, guy he is dave's good people um yeah so we did we had to hustle and and it's funny we chat about it now there were numerous times where we were just like "What, what are we doing like, sure. why are we here 90 hours a week, you know, um, barely making enough to, to pay for our software or our rent. Um, but when you're, when you're invested and it's something that you love, it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. And I luckily owned some restaurants that paid me pretty well. So I want to get I, into the, yeah. I want to get into the restaurants, but, uh, <laughs> sticking with the theme of hustle, we talked about this a little bit earlier and I just got to meet you today, Matea. This is awesome. So, um, you've been with H DG for three months now. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so I started in like end of August. Nice. Nice. So tell, tell us a little bit about, uh, that phone call that you made to get the job and you know what it took going back to the whole concept of hustle. And yeah, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I just saw their website and I, you know, researched your guys's team on LinkedIn and kind of dug into what their company looked like because previously, um, you know, I was really looking for that environment where everybody's inclusive and everybody has fun and kind of hangs out. And so I called their receptionist, uh, Sam at the time, and she was super nice. And at that point I was looking for a job and I was like, hey, do you have anything? And she was like, well, do you have any interior design experience or architecture experience? And I was like, nope, but I can. (laughs) And she was like, okay, well, here's Josh's email. And so I emailed him and was like, hey, you know, I've researched your company. I think you guys are awesome. Here's my resume. Here's my cover letter here. You know, I will do whatever you guys, do you have any position that's needed? And he was like, yeah, sure, let's do an interview. So we scheduled a first interview, but he was actually in Tri-Cities. So I met with Sam and Steven. Uh, Steven's their partner. Yeah, mm-hmm. mostly partner. Um, mostly? M- well, who, yes, wait, partner. Who, does, who does your calendar? Because I think I've had that experience. Like six other people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Go ahead. Everybody so. adds no, to it. No, it's okay. Um, yeah, so I met with Sam and Steven, and I sat in the room and they sat in the room and they were like, so what are you here for? I was like, tell me, what am I here? <laughs> like, what am what what am can I, here I do? For? Yeah. And so Steven was talking to me about interior design. And at that point, my aunt had always done interior design. So I was like, yeah, I've been interested in it. Like, I don't have a major in that, but I think it'd be interesting. So he was like, okay, let's set up a second interview with Josh and really, you know, kind of dial it in. And so for Josh's second interview, I pretty much just, because I wanted to do marketing. That's what one of my degrees is in. So I pretty much made them an HDG marketing 
pitch and went in and was like, hey, I think you guys should do this and this and this and this, and I think you guys would be great. And I think I should be that person to do it for you. And that was pretty much it. So she earned that job. I mean, that's huge. You've hired a lot of different people. Talk to me about, you know, somebody coming in with a full plan, no background in this, telling Josh a song, this is how you need to run your your business from (laughs) from a marketing standpoint. Well, from a marketing standpoint, yes. But still. Yeah, no, no, she did really well. And and quite honestly, I mean, you know the background. We we owned um, Propaganda Creative, which, which at the time when we bought it in 2014, was kind of a marketing firm. Sure. And um, they've they've grown into not a marketing firm as much as they are a really amazing graphic design, video, uh, brand identity. They're, they're incredible with that. If we needed a new logo, we could get one every other day. But their, their marketing or the social media and the print ad marketing, they just don't do it anymore because they've gotten so good at graphic design and, and brand development. So they don't don't need to create more business. Yeah. And so we had them as our marketing company and as they grew in a different direction, we had to kind of just step back and, and um, not use them anymore. Really. Sure. And since they were in-house, we we didn't think we ever needed a marketing director. Well, the long and short of it is, as propaganda grew, the need for uh, Matea grew. And we just had never found anyone that that melded with the company. And, um, and so when she came in, her personality and obviously throwing together, um, you know, a marketing strategy and sitting us down and telling us what she sees as an outsider uh the what hdg is from an outsider's perspective and where we could be um it was pretty interesting and so i think we hired her that day or yeah the next day or something Mm -hmm. that's Um, awesome yeah but touching on that i i think we've always felt it's very important if you're going to work in an office all day long sometimes 60 70 80 hours a week with a group of people, they have to be a group of people that are of similar mindsets and personality types. And I shouldn't say personality types because we're all different, but there have been numerous times where we had people that we know could have come in and just killed it on construction documents and design. And but they didn't they didn't fit the the mold of of our office. And so I'd rather like get the guy that has a great personality or the girl that has uh, the drive like Matea and train them to do shit, you know, mm-hmm. um, rather than have somebody come in. That's, that's not fun to be around. And am I not supposed to swear? No, you're fine. Don't worry okay. about it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Oh, no. Um, so, so the, we have a huge emphasis on making sure that when we hire somebody that they feel like they're going to be a good fit within the company. Sure. Because we we live with each other half of our lives, you know. Um, well, so. going going back to your story, you know, working in the closet for NAI Black and just the whole idea of hustle and motivation mm-hmm. that it takes. I mean, it seems like that's kind of a theme that you you know use to build this company. Yeah, you're being yeah. very selective with everybody. I mean, I know uh, Sam and Emily, even at, you know the front desk do a wonderful job, and they're. Yeah. You know, it seems like a, something that kind of 
is is you know a theme that you know through the whole company so i think um the way i've always looked at it and no matter what i've done in my life i've always thought that you're supposed to just do your best at whatever you're doing whether you're washing dishes or cutting sushi or you know greeting people at the at the front door of an architecture firm and so i've always thought of the industries that i'm in as a hospitality industry like when our clients come in when friends come by to say hi everyone in the office should be polite um and and treat them the way you would treat guests at your home you sure. know and it's very apparent at the offices yeah you guys do a great job and we have a lot of fun yeah so let's go back to restaurants a little bit because like you said you know jumping into the business you know you you had to hustle but you were working in a couple of different industries you had what a couple of restaurants at the time or tell yeah, me about that so a bit. um i was a small partner in ginger ginger and i was a partner sushi in, place up right up here on grand on yep, South Hill. yeah and uh and then wasabi founded wasabi with jing in 2011 okay um and sold it in like 2014 or 15 your ex-wife um, yes okay yeah who i actually just saw the other we were still great friends um, I've heard great as, things. As well, you should be friends with everyone, right? Absolutely. Um, and then uh, founded Nudo in like 2014. Um, and so, I mean, I always had something going on, multiple things going on. It's it's more fun to be really, really, really busy than it is to not. So sure. Um, HDG also owns, is the majority owner of Faber, a um, big cabinet company out in the valley. Oh, nice. Um, so we have that propaganda we have, um, sold to our partner, Jason Clarget, and then, um, uh, one of the partners that, uh, Kyle Hurley, and they have purchased all of the ownership back from HDG, but we still sit, uh, share the office and kind of the contract when they were purchasing it was we're, we're all going to stay in the same building for, you know, the foreseeable future. We have a great relationship with them and um, it's a good vibe with those guys. Okay. Mm -hmm. So going back into, you know, you, you, you own restaurants, you've designed mm -hmm. restaurants, you mm -hmm. worked with Ron Wells. He gave you kind of a shot in there. You got to work with Dave Black a little bit. At what point did you really, you know, go from that place where you're, you know, going out and you're seeking business to, I mean, today, now you guys are getting calls. I mean, you're designing Sea Life Park, right? Yeah. Sea World or Sea Life Park in Oahu. Oh, beautiful. Um, I love that place. Swimming with the dolphins. Yeah. Uh, Steeler, what? Steeler Experience Pittsburgh down in Pittsburgh? Steelers Experience. Awesome yeah. theme park down there. Um, so at what point did you go from really seeking this stuff out to you feel like, Hey, we made it. What did it take I, to do that? Is I it a project? I don't know if it was a single project or if it was just the fact that, um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we'd done a bunch of restaurants and, and so many people walk into a restaurant every single day of the year and you, you do a good job on a hospitality project and you, you're getting, you know, hundred thousand people through that, that space per year um so people start asking who's, who's yeah designing? who designed this okay this is super cool who what's your what's this? your favorite restaurant in spokane that the audience would know that that you've designed um i love brunch at remedy yeah 
Mm-hmm. Remedy's um, wonderful. That's like my favorite place, actually. Yeah. That's funny you bring that I, up. Yeah, I love, too. love Remedy. I think I um, bought uh, $5,000 with the gift cards did in the you? last like six months. Good man. I love oh, that nice. place. Yeah. We Good just, man. We just bought one too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. We'll um, ever need one. Pretty much. <laughs> he's selling them at no, uh, no, no. I'll, at five percent off. I'll take you out. <laughs> I love we'll it. Um, yeah, I, I love everything Matt uh, Goodwin has done. Yeah. He's you know obviously a good friend and wonderful um, operator. I he mean, really is. Really he's, the best in town, in my opinion. He's he's just with as busy as he is and as many projects as he has going. He's incredibly measured. And um, he's and found I love a that niche, yeah. Too. I yeah. mean, like for what he does, is there a guy better in town? No, no. I, I, I agree. In my opinion, no. Totally he's, agree. He's fantastic. We just lost like five projects by me saying that, but oh. whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, remedy, I love. Obviously, Nudo. Um, I still eat Nudo three or four times a week. I just wow. yeah. Um, trying to think anytime i've ever i'm ever asked about restaurants i always draw blanks but I think um, the steam plant's pretty cool steam plant's the steam cool. plant's amazing mm-hmm. um, the view out these windows when those when those yeah. pipes are lit up yeah mm-hmm. and you did that one with ron wells right um we did that one with a vista okay so a vista owned it when we we just finished a remodel there for an event space as well as the steam plant restaurant probably two years two and a half years ago something wow. like that okay um trying to think uh stella's um boots bakery i mean there's so many great restaurants oh, man. man boots bakery. so many that whole block uh, yeah that's I, that's all because of dan spaulding dan spaulding <laughs> is the man i mean he's gonna he's gonna help us take I, this block to the next I, level too I, I gotta be honest i think dan's probably the coolest guy that that i know he's definitely the and coolest I, developer i've ever met yeah i mean he's he's rad He's he's a rock star. Yeah, no, literally, I literally, I went yeah. to Europe last summer, and um, I guess it was about eighteen months ago. Fucking COVID, mm-hmm. um, but he was his band was opening for the Stone Temple Pilots, yeah. and so I flew so over cool. and met with him, and and then followed him to like three or four different cities and hung out. And the dude's amazing. He's uh, yeah. He just has humble. fun too, right? And he's humble. Yeah. Yeah, dude. He spent like the last two weeks just like tearing apart an old uh, motorcycle and rebuilding it. And he's, you know, he's doing a lot of cool projects. So I he's love like Dan. Keanu Reeves with that dog. You yeah, know? dude. He, yeah, he's just, he's Dan. Yeah, I know. He's the man. He's the man. <laughs> so, so. Let's jump forward a little bit. Um, so talk to us a little bit about what you guys are working on right now. Let's get your perspective. You know, what what is the most exciting thing that you guys are working on right now yeah. from a marketing standpoint that you feel like everybody needs to hear about? I think the most exciting part about us right now from a marketing standpoint is there's no certain niche that we're in. You know, we're doing restaurants, we're doing lake homes, we're doing offices we're doing multifamily you know there's a lot of different types of projects that i get to learn about and that i get to showcase so i think that's pretty cool absolutely yeah. so let's jump into that a little bit because you've done a lot of multifamily stuff around here and that's kind of the big thing we've had you know uh the tampion brothers jordan and joel mm-hmm. on here we've had dave black on here um you've had uh chris batten and, and bobby Br- i mean just these guys kill it in that yeah. space yeah. and I, you probably worked with all of them yeah so we actually, Bobby and uh, his group, Batten, um, 
they have the building behind our office. The red, um, the... Yeah. And, yes. and Chris was cool enough to come over and go, hey, you guys, every time you step out onto your, into your backyard at your office, you're going to be looking at this four-story wall. We have to paint it. The brick's deteriorating a little bit and needs to be sealed. You guys pick the color. And so we were like, fucking lipstick red. And I think we like, talked about this on yeah, the podcast. Lipstick red. And, and they hated it, right? They oh, were they had the I, idea. Yeah, they were like they totally hated the against idea. it. Um, and and now it's it's a little landmark on Third Avenue. What's in the common? The Soho Commons? Soto Commons. Soto Commons. Yeah. yeah. South of downtown Commons. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That uh, that little neighborhood that we're in, our building, and and. Um, uh, think tank is across the street kitty corner and obviously arby's um but the whole neighborhood's getting cleaned up and it's sure. i mean you're what three four blocks away yeah yeah um this area is getting cleaned up it's it's a really cool time to be working in downtown and i agree i know 10 years ago when we started this there's no way i would have put a restaurant downtown i wouldn't have i wouldn't have been on the main floor of a building um unless I, you're in the core right yeah even you then know. i was scared you know 10 years ago shit was a little bit different downtown sure um things weren't um and and obviously we're talking in the midst of of covid and it's a little quieter downtown and it's a lot quieter so it really is but we know it's going to get back to normal i this is going to buff out i agree um you got to have faith yeah. But it yeah. takes guys, it takes guys like you and guys and gals that we have on the podcast that are out here making it happen, that have the faith, that are still going to work every day, mm-hmm. that are still doing, you know, what you guys are doing. And, and, um, so speaking of that, talk to me a little bit about going back to multifamily. What are some of the, you know, your favorite projects you've done here, multifamily wise? Some cool um, lofts or, you know, I, the college apartments over Yeah. In, yeah. I actually, what's, uh, um, we're doing a little bit of work, um, adding some some touch up stuff to the interiors over at College Avenue. So I was just over there this week, and, and you guys designed those, yeah, right, right behind Kennel Yards. Yep, big, big white right building. Right on. The... I think it's College and Cedar. Okay. Um, yeah, Carolyn Yu and her group. She they hired us, and we worked alongside uh, those guys. It it's a great building. Yeah, um, that's managed by Four Degrees, right? No, I think. Um, Kimley Haygood. Oh, okay. Maybe it should um, be. I know Four Degrees helped them in the beginning. Um, I thought that they had some. Yeah, uh, I know there's a relationship there. Yeah. Um, but the mystery lofts for the Diamond Parking family was super fun because we took, um, and I don't know if you remember, but um, where Nudo and Fire Pizza are located across to the north of the Davenport. Okay, yep. Um, next to the Michael building and um, Hotel Lusso. Sure. So that was a building that the, the main floor was empty on one side. There was uh, Berg's shoes on the other side, the main floor. And Berg's was shutting down. And um, upstairs, there was a dance studio um, that had been there for years. And, and those guys were looking to do something else. And so it was kind of dilapidated and and i love that project because we started with gutting a restaurant that had been there in the 90s or early 2000s and building fire artisan pizza pizza 
um, which to me is like a super clean, very simple design. Um, Are you still an owner in that? No, project? I was never an owner. You're never. Oh, okay. No, that was Doug, um, Doug Johnson, Paul Carty, and John Cardoza. Okay. Or Shoots Cardoza. Did that sell? in the last year or so or do they still um, so have they it you know did. They, they sold it the spokane location okay. they uh we've designed locations in the tri-cities spokane quarter um montana somewhere um i don't remember the city in montana but anyway um that that mystery building first project was fire on the on the east side of the main floor and then like a year and a half later, we did Nudo on the west side of the main floor. And so the whole facade had been redone. And the before and after shots of this building are just incredible. And then they hired us to redesign upstairs. And we put in four really cool, like proper lofts. You sure. walk in, it's like 20 foot ceilings. Um, the bedroom looks down over the living room and kitchen. And What's the square area. footage on something like that? So those are like 900 um i want to say 980 square feet and what are those rent for i think they're like 2500 that's wonderful in spokane that's yeah. great to that's something that yeah. uh that that jordan brought up on the last podcast was that in spokane or in seattle rather you know people talk about how much they're spending on things mm -hmm. but in spokane people talk about how little they get something for and i think uh i mean talk talk to those, us about that those a little bit. i mean in seattle like as well as they were built sure the diamonds they built them really well yeah they're, they're incredible those would rent for five or six thousand a month in absolutely in Seattle. but do you think we have a need for more of that stuff down here i do i think we have a need for repurposing some of the old buildings and not just you know and and i hope i don't offend anybody but not absolutely just not pumping a bunch of little three or 400 square foot units into a building. So you're not for the min for the mini units. Yeah, no, I know if they're am. done right. I or? am, okay. but I think we also need, um, you know, mid-level people to, to want to live downtown. Higher end lofts yeah. that you can rent out for. Yeah, uh, we need both. We need low income. We need, um, you know, little studios for, uh, um, you know, people just starting out. We need more infill downtown. Absolutely. And but we need a a broad array, in my opinion, not just um, low income or not just really high end. Okay. So it needs to be even. Um, so do you have clients coming to you or coming back to you right now? Are you working on any cool new projects, multifamily wise, um, that, that you want to? Share yeah, we with have us? quite a few clients that are are looking for land or have you know offers in downtown land. specifically um we have one client right now looking at a big piece for a big project and i can't say where sure yet um we'll be the first and to know about it right? you will be the first okay. to know about it um but yeah we're doing uh multifamily in ellensburg and um looking at we do a lot of work in the tri-cities oddly enough to the point where we're getting close to opening an office there wow um we you got a lot of marketing duties mm -hmm. to go do now yeah, I I do, yeah now she gets to go hang in the tri-cities hey it's not a, it's a pretty cool place i dig there. it down there i, I dig it too. i dig the people every client that we've worked with down there have been amazing absolutely um yeah we love the tri-cities um, it'll be more fun being multiple places i, I agree we, with that just yeah. keep growing right mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the goal 
Um, so yeah, multifamily, we, we're just wrapping up um, Delta Dental's 25,000 square foot office building, uh, ground up CLT building. That now talk did. to me about that, because that to me is the coolest thing, those CLT buildings. Dude, this building is incredible. And actually, Stephen was up there doing a punch list today and brought back photographs. And um, this building turned out ridiculous. It's uh yeah it's amazing so for the audience clt cross laminated timber Timber, yeah so it's so talk to us a little bit about um i mean obviously you could imagine a building that is all wood they glue Mm -hmm. this stuff together Mm -hmm. and it's what way stronger than steel it's they can can make it very very strong very close yeah sure yeah and and it i mean they set the foundation on like a Thursday and two weeks later, the thing was framed and the roof was on. I mean, it's just, wow. it, and, and the cool thing about our project up there is it's in Colville, which is where Vaughan Timbers is located. Yes. Yeah, I just and, logged a bunch of property with Vaughan. Yeah. They're, they're amazing people. And um, so there's this connection with their CLT plant. Yeah. And um, so it was, it was fun, great community, but they manufactured everything basically put all the parts and pieces um, in stacks in their warehouse and then delivered them and, and it just flew up and it is gorgeous. So talk to me about from an expense standpoint, I mean, it goes up faster. So obviously labor costs are a little different, right? Yeah. Is there a specialty putting that up? I mean, can, can any crew do that for the most part? No, I think you, I mean, you have to kind of have an understanding of how it goes what together, it takes, sure. and what it takes. Um, but it's not rocket science. No, it's no. not. No, I mean, we all played with Legos as kids. Sure. And, and I hate saying it's similar, but it is similar. Um, the uh, the cost of materials the, are more expensive. It is. It's a little more expensive. And you, st- I mean, you still have to fur out walls and insulate. And, and so there's some stuff that you're doing that may seem repetitious, but the speed in which it's put up, um, uh, there's that labor delta right um and so would you say it balances out it does balance out wow i think it does balance out and and um you know you've you've got to insulate a roof anyway you've got to um you've got to frame exterior walls anyway and um this is just it's a it's a great building material and we're really excited and and subsequently we're doing um for one of the people at Vaughan we're We've designed um, their personal home out of CLT. That's um, awesome. So we're stoked about that. And, and we are doing um, way more residential than, than we had done in the past. We were typically, uh, we were known as a commercial and, um, and, and mostly hospitality, commercial and office type company um, that sporadically we would do a house here or there and mostly for clients that were commercial clients. Now, in the last two years, it's just, it's totally even down. It's 50-50. Wow. Um, and we're doing some really amazing homes with really great clients. Um, we're doing one in the Tri-Cities right now that's really cool, um, old farming family. And we're literally burying the house in a hillside. So Really? Yeah. You walk from the south... And you can't see the house until you basically fall off in front of it. And so I've seen like yeah. little huts and things no, done like that, is, but this is a it's multi-million dollar house. Yeah. It's a big, yeah. big deal. That's just pretty cool. Concrete and glass and then covered in 
and dirt and wheat. Wow. It's going to be dope. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, a lot of cool stuff like that. So Mateo, what do you, from a marketing standpoint, uh, what do you do to capitalize on these epic projects and, and just your guys' yeah. experience in CLT and stuff like that? Uh, I think it's mostly, you know, we're really focused on social media right now. Okay. So trying to post on Instagram a lot of our different projects. And we do a lot of magazine ads. And um, out at Coeur d'Alene Resort, we've got a couple of videos out there. So if you walk past the, like, main hallway, you'll see our video on, like, all their TV screens and everything. Nice. Yeah. Do you and shoot that stuff in-house? Do you guys have a firm that Propaganda does, does that, actually. Oh, Propaganda does that. Yeah, nice. I work with them probably once or twice a day like wow. we're usually daily bouncing ideas off of each other so yeah, yeah she got really lucky to be a marketing director at a company that has like a, a backup marketing company in-house yeah you yeah because you guys I are mean, in the same amazing. building right yeah that's yeah. awesome yeah no we're i actually yeah. will sit at my desk and be working and i'll look up and and to the left uh philip who does a lot of their animation and video work uh, we'll be working on something for us. And I just like get all excited yeah. and, and he hates it, but I just walk over and like look over his shoulder mm -hmm. and um, but yeah, he's, he's actually finishing a video right now that yeah. blew me away last night. He, he let me put his headphones on and listen to the background music mm -hmm. and which he doesn't usually let me do. So yeah, they're, they're awesome. It's great. Cause I'll, you know, have an idea. I'm like, Hey, I want to do this. And I'll be like, done. They'll make the video and I'll send it out and yeah. it'll be done. Or I mean, with our website, we've got a couple of new things happening that aren't quite done yet, but I brought the idea to them and they're like, okay, we're shooting tomorrow. Yeah. Like, Great. <laughs> yeah. I think that goes live this week. Mm -hmm. It's so, so valuable to have, you know, good production. I know with the show, I mean, just being able to have a producer that puts this thing together. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we, we can sit here and just bullshit and, you know, people will listen to it because it looks good. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well, and you know, he does all the great. work. Cause I, I'm also the client, you know, relations side. So Absolutely. also setting meetings and following up with people and you know also having a billion emails a day so it's nice when yeah. i can email propaganda and be like hey i need you know an ad for tomorrow can you make it look like this and i'll be like yep here it is sure so from a business standpoint have you noticed you know since mateus come in and she's really been focused on doing this stuff in-house and really you know filling up your social media and creating content and this type of stuff have you noticed a lot more business coming in you think it's something that takes quite a while or it, well, yeah, I mean, I think to, to quantify three months of work, three months I mean, of work yeah. is difficult. But, um, you know, I also firmly believe that um, she's kind of building a foundation. Sure. Um, we've, you know, we've always been kind of a just run and gun type company like, oh, we need an ad. Yeah. Four o'clock in the afternoon, I would create an ad and illustrator and send it off and um jumping out of planes that, building yeah. parachutes on the way down yeah and and now to have her collecting all the the data and all the imagery and and everything from from 10 years worth of work and kind of putting it in front of us i'm like we have a really large body of work we've done a lot of projects mm -hmm. and um huge portfolio so, yeah yeah and it surprises me sometimes because you, you you know you're working on what you're working on and and it's when you're really busy you just kind of forget about the stuff that's done and you're working on the next thing and the next thing um but to to have somebody compiling all that work and and look back and go god that was two years ago and that looks amazing you know um 
So it's good. And, and I think that um, Matea and the position that she holds is, is super important. And, and what she's done has been great. Um, just from an organizational standpoint on our, on our social media. And um, I think it's easy when you work for a company that you really love and you're like, okay, you guys do amazing work. It's not hard to come to work and show that every day. Sure. Sure. So let's change gears here a little bit. So let's talk about, let's talk to some of the, you know, real estate developers. You know, we got a lot of people, a lot of realtors out there that watch the show, lenders, people who are flipping houses, people who are buying multifamily stuff. And, you know, maybe some of the times these projects don't have the the budget, you know, all the time to, you know, come bring somebody like yourself in. Um, so talk to me from a design perspective. What are some things that these people can keep in mind? When they're designing, you know, say the, the renovation on a house or the renovation on a multifamily project, let's get some of the secrets. Um, so uh, we're going to be super blunt today. Please. When, <laughs> when there's a project that you love, and um, I'll just use a Pinterest Do as it. an example. Go and, for it. and you see a project and you're like, oh my God, I love that. And you focus on a material and you're like, I'm going to do a remodel and I'm going to totally use this material. What the average person doesn't understand is how important proportions of materials are. Sure. And so they will just slather on a material and it completely fucks up the design. You put on way too much reclaimed wood on something and and it's off. It looks wrong. Proportions. Proportions are so important. And um, and there are a lot of people that are flippers or, you know, they work at a, a coffee shop and they remodel their place and they nail it. Yeah. So I'm not saying that you have to hire an architect or a design team to nail it. But just trying to copy something is never going to get you the same feeling because the amount of time that went into what makes a project feel good isn't attained by just saying, I'm going to copy that. How much of it is like art and how much of it is like math and science when you talk about the proportions? Um, you, you can't attain a, a feeling from math. From the pure you can, numbers. You can contain uh, or uh, uh, obtain a feeling from art i mean there's there's people in my there are people in my office that are true artists um steven and Haley and noah and robert and danny and uh jim and and they, i mean these they're really good at what they do armando um myself sometimes when i get to design um so what i would say is look at what you would want if you're a developer and you were renting a space or you were leasing an office um is it worth spending the extra money to do it right? In the long run, absolutely. And sure. you look at companies like Four Degrees, um, you know, their their office, the one that they did on Sprague where they started, it was a cool building. They busted their ass and got a cool little office out of it. Yeah. And as they grew, they realized that they needed to spend the money 
to to do it right to make and they sure they had the money to do it right. They the did time around the second time around and the third time around and the third yes we rather did the third two time offices around. for those guys and the and the, the the one that they just moved in they probably outgrown that one too. But it's amazing. Yeah, but that's a dope office. It and Stephen was the project manager on that Hewitt, um, and worked closely with Jordan and Joel, and um, it turned out incredible. Um, but I, would four degrees be making just as money, uh, just as much money? Would they be just as busy if they hadn't spent that much? Yeah, sure. I think course. they would have. But that's not but, what they're about. No. And, and that will pay off in the long run. Absolutely. It will. Um, I agree. And I say the same thing, M MW engineers and DCI engineers, all these companies that we've designed offices for, they didn't need to spend that much money um, to, to have a good environment for their employees work. They did it because it's important and there's longevity to good design. So would you say you probably have more fun on a project where it is something like that, where there is that longevity versus something mm -hmm. where someone's going to come in and, you know, do it real quick where, I mean, obviously if you've got a budget, it's going to be a lot more fun, right? Yeah. If you've got the budget that you want. Yeah. And honestly, we, you get it. Most typically of the time, we get budgets today that we couldn't even dream of five, six, seven years ago, eight years ago. I mean, we, we, we used to be handed like 50, $60,000 budgets to design and build out an entire dining room. Wow. And it's like, you know, now we get what you need to do that. And sure. It's, it's more in the $800,000, $900,000 range for a, an amazing dining room. Um, but yeah, to, to speak on that, we're a Spokane company. Yeah, we do work all over. We're licensed in like nine or 10 different states right now. And, um, and we do get to spend more to, to do projects. But we started out in Spokane where budgets were small. We were, we were all pushing through a recession. And so we had to learn to get well, hustle, to get projects built at a, at a fair price. I mean, some of, the, some of the stuff that, that we designed and built in 2012, 13, 14, I look back now and when I see the pricing come in for these projects that we're working on, I'm just like, how is it 10 times more expensive than it was six or seven years ago? Um, and well, know, everything's I'm, a lot more expensive, I'm, I'm, but not 10 times. Sure. You know, um, I, I do know materials are at all time highs and lumber futures are, I mean, ridiculous, but all time highs. Yeah. Like all time said, highs. Crazy. Um, I think lumber hit seven twelve a thousand board foot today. Did it? It was yeah. up at nine forty, and and we would have clients in our office, and they would ask, "Can we build this for two hundred dollars a square foot?" And I'd just pull up the screen and check lumber futures and just say, "No, you can't." Yeah. You know, your your thirty thousand dollar lumber package eight years ago is like two hundred and seventy five thousand dollars today. That's so crazy. So. Buy, um, you should have bought forests 10 years ago. I know, right? Timberland. Just boring land out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's a, yeah. So talk, talk about some of the design. So you, you work all over the country. 
Talk about some of the design aspects that you see in, you know, some of these bigger cities like maybe Seattle or Portland or, you know, West Coast cities uh, or, or Midwest cities that are coming to Spokane or that need to come to Spokane that we need to see to, to really, you know, we're, we're kind of right on that verge of like being a really, really cool city. It's a cool place for us, right? Yeah. We love it. We know it, but it's a secret. So I think it's funny because we've we've been here during the growth right yeah. it's been a slow process when well, you've us. been a piece of it which is yeah awesome. there have been a lot of cool companies of that course are a piece of it and and we've been lucky enough to 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 be part of that yes but i think for you and i like oh it's on the verge yeah other people roll in and they're like oh my god this place is awesome yeah um, and, and then you mentioned that they can you know take a 30 minute drive over to Coeur d'Alene and and be in God's country, God's country. Right. Um, so I think we're, we're seeing a really large influx of people moving to Spokane. Um, and in my opinion, it's, it's kind of the right group of people. Um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, a lot of people that are able to work remote, um, our industries are education and, and healthcare. And so, um, to get a little more tech in Spokane, um, larger companies, just, bigger employees, yeah. Yeah. larger employees. Um, God, this, this city's going in a great direction. It's agreed. It's incredibly exciting. Matea. So where are you from originally? I'm from Spokane. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. So. I grew up here and then I went to WSU and then, Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Back. So you came back. Mm -hmm. So I know when I was growing up, everybody moved away. Yeah. No one, no one wanted to be here. But like, I remember the first day of kindergarten and people talking about <laughs> going and playing soccer over in Seattle, Seattle and how cool yeah. it was. Yeah. And Pikes, you know, Pikes Place Market and yeah, real yeah. buildings. And now everybody's um, came back. Everybody wants to be, I mean, whether it's the, the cost of living or the design or the fact that, you know, everybody who owns everything. I mean, it's, it's a place where there's, there's no barriers to entry. Yes. And I, and I think you, you touched on the, the cost of living, but, mm -hmm. um, I, th I think it's just the way of life here. Sure. Um, you know, we will complain when we get slowed down on the freeway to 45 miles an hour. Um, that's for like a 30 minute period twice a day. Yeah. Um, it, you can get anywhere in 15 minutes. Um, we talked about restaurants. There's an incredible culinary scene here. Um, uh, Ginger and Luke um, Baumgartner are are pushing um, the art scene to to a level that we've never seen in Spokane. I keep those names keep coming up, and we've got to get them on the podcast. So Ginger and Luke, we got to get them on the podcast. So. Yeah, they're. I hear they wonderful just, things. They re, yeah, and they give a shit about the art community, and and that's important it's an, here in it's Spokane. We incredibly need that. important. Um, I love walking by, uh, it's called from here. Have you seen that? No. It's in the mall, um, downtown. And, um, it's just a collective, uh, retail shop of all of these different artists from Spokane and the surrounding areas. Um, and it's cool. It feels like something that you'd bump into on Santa Monica Boulevard in, really? in LA. Yeah. Um, great people working there and, and quite honestly, really good art, um, apparel and jewelry and, and, um, graphic prints. Um, it's, it's pretty dope. And, and that's, uh, a collective of, um, from terrain, 
yeah. that, that Luke and, and Ginger have put on for years. They've got that over in the Cracker building just down the street here, right? Yeah, like a block from, not even a block, that right is around a, the corner. Hogwash is the best spot ever. I love that yeah, place. Yeah, I've, I've never been there. Is it still... It'll With be open COVID after right now, COVID. It'll be open eventually, yeah. man. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, so talk to us about uh, the future of Spokane and, and opportunity. Where do you see opportunity? Maybe maybe not so much specifically like geographically, but in design. Like what do we need from a design standpoint here in Spokane that we don't have that would just draw people in? I mean, um, I think uh, we're headed in the right direction. Sure. I mean, you look at, um, what Optic's doing, what NAC is doing, Integris, ALSC, Trek. Um, I mean, these, these companies are pumping out good design where sure. it used to be, and maybe it was a budgetary thing, but it used to feel very generic and, and um, kind of just the same building stamped. We out didn't have the again. designers. We didn't no, have the was, budgets. Yeah, and, and I think it was the budgets. I think everybody that's uh, ever worked for an architecture firm has wanted to design something cool. Yeah. Um, but if the budget's not there, it's a little more difficult. And, and, you know, when you're value engineering a project, the first thing to go is the cool, yeah. you know, cause you have to have an HVAC system and you need toilets. Um, sure. so, um, the cool factor goes away, but, uh, honestly, I think a little of what we're missing is, um, that, that indoor outdoor feel, um, brick West did a great job, uh, in working a deal with the city to utilize the park next door, which is something that's very common in other cities. I know it's crazy just to see what they have been able to do in such a short period of time, yeah. just bringing concepts from other cities. Yeah. I mean, that are widely, you know, claimed well, in other cities. And you look at our park and, and I think it was knack. Um, I hope it was knack, but huge remodel that was just done on riverfront. Oh, park. And I know it was a collective of different companies, sure. but um, they did a fantastic job, but there's, you walk through another city and, and you walk through their park system and there's retail shops either on the park or within and, and restaurants, and restaurants. And you walk down the Seine do. in Paris and there's, there's, you know, 50 little, um, shipping container restaurants, like every, every hundred yards, there's another restaurant. Well, it's and, not like we didn't have the budget on that project. Either. No, they spent some money. What is it then? I mean, what, what is it? I, the I, influence? Well, I think it? it's, there's, there's the fear of if you build it, they may not come. Um, but we, they always seem to come. They, yeah, they'll come. I think they come. And I, I, I think there's a management issue and not a, we don't have good management, but the fear of having to manage leasing individual retail spaces to people within the park. Um, but I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of acreage there. Yeah. Um, so what I think with the, with the sports complex going in and some of the other development, um, we're working on some conceptual stuff for a tower, um, right on the river. Um, where there's an existing building. That isn't uh, and, Larry Stone's project, is it? No, no. no it's, another project. Um, it's another project. Um, and we actually should be completing some renderings here in the next four to six weeks. That's what exciting. It'll look like. Yeah, this could be a really big project for the community, for us, and, and for the company that owns the building currently. Speaking of neighborhoods, is there anywhere geographically that you're excited about? I mean, what about over by the arena? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's that area over there is growing, I think, faster than anywhere else. Really? Um, the, the North North Bank is the most or was the most underutilized um, part of downtown, in my opinion, because you're, you're seconds from the park, the bridge to cross into the main part of downtown. You're essentially attached to Kendall Yards. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think that's where we're going to see the most growth and new buildings. Um, you know, and hopefully the, the, the planning goes where, um, this happens to have, um, some more living, albeit apartment rentals, maybe some smaller townhomes, but some condos that can be purchased. Sure. And, um, you know, you're only as strong as your downtown core and, um, that North Bank is part of it. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we don't want... It's a whole urban. It's a whole nother uh, opportunity to add to that downtown core. Yeah. We had our 70s, 80s, and 90s of urban sprawl where, yeah. um, you know, developments just... It, it was like a, a cancer, you know? It just grew out when when we weren't solid in the core. Um, and, and now... Got to be solid in the core. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Speaking of being solid in the core, where do you see, Matea, where do you see HDG going? Like where you're the you're the oh, future gosh. of the company, right? I don't know if you I'm got, exactly. You the got big shoes to we, fill. I think we all are. He used to have to do it all himself. Just <laughs> Which to, is just, why I was just, always late. Just him and Armando. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Fair right? enough. Um, so I now he's on time. What are you going to do? Yeah. I see a lot of our future, you know, building those places in Spokane that haven't yeah. come yet for maybe a younger population coming in. But then I also see us, you know, expanding to Tri-Cities and Idaho, Coeur d'Alene, Hayden, you know, all of those little towns that no, don't exactly have, you know, everything right now. Yeah. So, haven't fully finished that identity. Yeah. There's, there's so much over there. I mean, I grew up here and we go over to Coeur d'Alene in the summer every single weekend. I know I love I love it when people over there talk about the difference yeah. between Spokane and Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, it's well, like that's our that's our playground in the summer. That's where we go. Exactly. Right? Yeah, and there's, it's always been that way. It is. It's yeah, it's there's it's places just we an love offshoot. here to go, like restaurants and parks, yeah. and then there's Coeur d'Alene and I've got a lot of friends in Tri Cities, so I think it'll be really cool to see HDG yeah. expand into all of those places. And you know, you touched on on going to Coeur d'Alene in the summertime and mm -hmm. that feeling there yeah that feeling in the summertime is what we're missing in downtown we need to summer. connect yeah. it yeah, yeah let's bring it we, we got to bring it all together here, like, yeah you know, yeah bring it here yeah no you, you drive down the street any time of day or night in the summertime in Coeur d'Alene and Sherman is alive and mm -hmm. um and that's what I mean for Spokane and that's what Matt's done with Brick West and and all of these other restaurateurs and hoteliers sure. that are that are offering outdoor space, um, you know, uh, Wall Street and was supposed to be a walking street, and it's it's still a turnaround for our bus system. Yeah, um, and th that should have just been a bunch of tables and chairs and 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 vibrance in the summer. You well, know? well, I think we'll get there, and I think there's a lot of cool neighborhoods that are coming up too that. Um, I've got one that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna be selfish about. I'm gonna have to bring you on. Push it. We're gonna have to sit down and talk about some ideas because uh, we we got a lot of lot of real estate to cover there. So. There's a there's a ton of room for pockets of Spokane to become kind of what Kendall Yards has become, what Perry District has become, what the North Bank is becoming. Yeah. Um, 
and and again, I see the North Bank as uh, huge growth spurts over the next three or four years, five years, um, and a place where people want. I mean, how cool would it be to leave your apartment or your or your condo or your house and just walk across the bridge through Riverfront Park to get to your office, or to go on date night, or go to, to a go see a show yeah. or a restaurant? Yeah, yeah. I mean. So it's, we need it all. We exciting. need the arts. We need you know the neighborhood. We need the we need the to maintain music venues yeah. and um, we yeah. need it all together. Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you guys so much for coming Thanks out. For, this was yeah. an awesome yeah. show. This yeah, awesome. we covered yeah. a lot of ground. Um, mm-hmm. Thanks, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you. That awesome. covers the podcast. That's episode four. Thanks for tuning in tonight, guys, and uh, we'll see you guys back here next week with episode five.